the uh, I will say I won't go back into my movie reviews, but I did I did enjoy going to the movies again. I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't been in a while. I think I went to I went to see Barbie, and I want to say that was the only movie I saw in 2023. <laughs> I'm just not a big movie goer. Well, and the movie industry's been down. Sure. You know, with uh, strikes and just COVID and everything, it, it, it took a big hit, but it's coming back around. Derek, uh, Derek wrote on the Kinnipamara Chevrolet text line, I was a huge fan of WCCW Wrestling and a huge Carrie fan. Saw it last week, and what a great movie, albeit extremely tragic. My sons went with me, and I warned them ahead of time it wouldn't be a happy ending. I I tried to war my – it's the first time I went with my son who was in town and I took my daughter, my, my 14-year-old daughter. And my son had seen it, so he was in charge of giving me the heads up whenever I had to reach over and, like, cover eyes because there's really only two scenes. Like, David kind of gets caught alone with himself in the shower for a split second, and then there's a scene in the front seat of a truck. But it's really – it's not – like a sexually explicit movie. It's just they 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 cuss a lot. <laughs> I will say this, Derek, or any of the old school WCCW than WWE fans, I had always thought that Kerry lost part of his foot. I didn't the way they made it seem is he lost everything from the like the ankle down. I wasn't aware of that. I mean that that blew me away. And it's a scene to where he's on crutches, and it's a, oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's literally, I had no idea. I, I'm I'm one of the biggest wrestling fans that you'll find, especially old school. And I knew Kerry had, a, he had a motor, spoiler alert, had a motorcycle crash. And I thought he had lost half of his foot. But he had lost, like, from, like, almost knee down. I don't know why I'm really? pointing it to it right now. So like the shin down and everything? Yeah. Like, whenever he came across the crutch, I was like, oh, I had no idea. But then again, too, let's remember this is a movie that took a few liberties with the truth. I mean, they didn't even include one of the brothers in the movie. Uh, Brooke writes, I saw Anyone But You this weekend, and it was so funny. Definitely recommended. Okay. That was on our list of potential views. Wonka and Iron Claw were my two movies. I don't think there's really anything I want to see now going forward. There was the, all of the previous – It's kind of, uh, one quick little Hollywood Grinch that I have before we get back to the, the sports and the Oklahoma roster update. Mm-hmm. Who'd you say the guy was that stars in Wonka? Timothy Chalmette. Okay. So he's, the, he's Willy Wonka, and then he's supposed to be some sort of war hero in the Halo movies? Like, my mind can't handle that. <laughs> he's uh, – yeah, he's in Dune, right? Dune, Dune. Sorry, would I say Halo? <laughs> It's, dude. It's dude. basically, it looks Halo, like Halo. Dude, 220, 221. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Willy Wonka, why are you doing this to me? Wait, put that other movie out later so I can get the fact that he's Wonka out of my head. Hey. Then I can have him be someone else. My man's got range. Acting range. Oklahoma football update. We have, I guess, really one true portal note to pass along. Uh, Dave McCullough has entered the transfer portal. Now, I I didn't know much about him, and to be honest with you, Josh, I don't think I saw him in uniform too terribly much this year on the sidelines. And that's not – I mean, 
that's usually a sign that dude's probably not going to play too terribly much if he's not suiting up. But this, I mean, this is kind of cutting it close, right? If you're jumping in the portal now. Right at the end of it. that's That seems a little bit like right up against the clock to wait this long. So it makes you wonder what either A, what happened, or, or, or B, was it a situation where maybe he was being processed and – I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not going to try to theorize on a kid's situation. Just I wish him the best. Uh, his his brother had a bit of a rough year. Desan McCullough had a rough year, I think, adjusting to what Oklahoma wanted him to do, but also had a rough year because he couldn't stay healthy. I, mean, I, I can't – so many times you'll hear people, why wasn't he playing more? Why wasn't Brendan Thompson out on the field? Because they were hurt. They were hurt, and that's why. Should have given the ball to – Gavin saw Chuck Moore. I know. He was hurt. And now I think looking back at that Alamo Bowl, you realize just how much the tiniest injury can affect a guy like Gavin Sawchuk. I mean, he was a different dude in that late third, fourth quarter after it appeared like he had re-aggravated his hammy um, or groin or whatever it was that he was dealing with. Well, lose a little bit of that explosiveness and burst, and you're built off of it. So I, I guess, I guess now we just wait. Right? The, the, the portal's going to close, I think, here, what, like tomorrow or On something? The, is it the 5th? What the, day is Yeah, it? it's this week, and the portal's going to close. And then, you know, what's kind of funny is the portal's closed, but yet it always seems like guys are going into it. And you can still sign with people after the portal is closed. I don't – you know, Brent Venables had said that they expect to add a few more guys. Maybe there's another safety that's coming in. And McCullough saw that and thought – and, and uh, maybe it's the addition of the San Diego State guy. You know, maybe that was part of it. Now, like I said, again, that's kind of, kind of close to waiting until this weekend. But Or maybe it's just you had your conversation with Coach and uh, the respective uh, members of Oklahoma's defensive coaching staff, and you got a couple of weeks down the line and you thought, you know what, I am going to enter the portal. There's no telling what the thought process was, or if that conversation happened uh, this past week. There's just, again, who knows? So, as it stands right now, um, the additions in the portal for Oklahoma, I've got six. I've got six incoming transfers with 16 on their way out. Um. Fabechi Wiwu, the offensive guard, offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman out of North Texas, committed on, well, what was that? The It, it seemed like it was a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I think a week from last Friday maybe. Sam Franklin, running back out of UT Martin. Deion Burks, wide receiver, Purdue. Des Moore, Dejon Moore, defensive back, cornerback safety out of San Diego State. Spencer Brown, the offensive lineman, the tackle out of Michigan State. And Bauer Sharp, the tight end that was out of what, like north southeast, southeast Louisiana? Louisiana? Yeah. So you add, you add Moore's name. Wait, Malone McCullough's name to a list that had most recently included LV Bunkley, Shelton, and Davis Bevel. So I guess with the addition of of Day McCullough, that gets us up to seventeen names that are in the portal. And for Sooners that have found new homes. Kelvin Gilliam's on his way to Virginia Tech. Going home. Savion Bird and Anderson, Clint Anderson, or Nate Anderson, are on their way to SMU. 
Dylan obviously to Oregon. Marcus Hicks to South Dakota, or North Dakota State. Key Lawrence, Ole Miss. Caden Green, Missouri. And then this weekend, Josh, Tawi Walker to Wisconsin. Seems like a great fit. Now, Wisconsin is not trying to be the Wisconsin of old. That's right. With uh, Luke Fickle and, and Longo and company, but uh, he feels like a Wisconsin running back historically. Right. little bowling ball back that uh, can ground and pound you. It'll be a nice addition for them. Yes, I see your hand raised. Back of the class, please. I mean, Wisconsin's kind of known for developing like bowling balls and butcher blades and these – you know, the Ron Dane types. These, sure. Really, it's a perfect fit, right? Historically. And they're trying to do something different as you laid out. How could that not be something that Oklahoma would look at and say, you know what, this guy needs to be on scholarship? I, I don't know. And maybe maybe OU really likes what they have coming in with Xavier Robinson. That's right. Who I think is a similar back. Boy, that's a good point. I sometimes immediately forget about the guys that have signed in the running back conversation because it's just so rare that a true freshman seems to make an impact, right? The, the other thing is sometimes it's just too late, right? It, it is what it is. Tommy Walker will say the right things, I'm sure, but he's probably a little bent that the scholarship didn't happen sooner. I And, and, I, and I can't help but wonder, I think we talked about this the other day, right? I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened The um, that allowed him or led to him being suspended for what was that? The, the game after Texas. Was that Kansas? No, no, no. It was UCF. UCF, right? I don't know what led to that. But from everything that I was told, it was, it was not good. In fact, I remember sitting here in this very seat leading up to the Kansas game whenever he was, quote-unquote, reinstated and thinking, I don't know if he's going to see the field. And then he went out and played great. And he played a ton! So I don't know. I watched I watched him. I watched him twice in the, in the Kansas game and in the Oklahoma State game you know, try to come off the field, and you had DeMarco Murray say, "No, go, let's go." You're gonna do, and and he ended up making a big play. One of them was a touchdown against Oklahoma State, and we can, we can fight and we can go at each other all we want, Josh Helmer. We can. Well, he was a walk on, so why does it really matter? Because but, he proved he's a pretty doggone good I, running back. I, this I, year. Yes. So maybe you're right. Maybe Xavier. Robinson ends up being that dude, and Tawi Walker goes off and has a great run at Wisconsin, and we just he's a footnote in Oklahoma history of having, you know, great game against SMU and that memorable, you know, six five forty yard dash that he ran for that touchdown against Oklahoma State. But to see that to see that guy end up at Wisconsin. I don't know, call me crazy. Where you end up and who wants you kind of matters to me. It matters to me. 
Uh, someone asked about Dalen Smothers. Have we heard anything about Dalen Smothers? Uh, he hasn't committed yet, but you talk about guys going back home. He's been future casted, crystal balled to North Carolina State. He's a power five program, if you still feel they're power four, whatever. So that's good and bad, right? You hate losing a guy that you think can make a difference, but at least it's not a bunch of dudes that are going to places you've never heard of before, right? No, that's right. Who was the running back that left and went to uh, Ohio State? Trey Sermon. Yeah, and, and Sermon obviously came in with a different recruiting reputation, mm-hmm. but uh, let's hope it's not going to play out like that. No, it, absolutely. I'll never know what happened. I ne- I'll never know what kind of that falling out was. But I don't, I don't get it. Guy from parts unknown, <laughs> Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Relying on someone that's never taken a college snap sounds like a great idea. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, that running back room still has some dudes in it. Gavin Sawchuck, Javante Barnes. And I'm assuming Javante Barnes isn't going anywhere. You would you would have thought that he he would have done that by now if he was. That running back room is going to be one of the great mysteries of 2024, isn't it? When we really sit down and kind of take inventory of what happened. Sawchuck, you feel great about. Tatum is supposed to be uh, a superstar type coming in. But but to Guy's point, had taken a college staff sure. yet. Xavier Robinson, same. You say adios now. Marcus Major, I really liked Marcus. I wanted to write about Marcus to start the season, but I think I think we ended up writing about Dylan instead. We, we changed it up. There's someone. Oh, we wrote about Gavin Freeman because he had got the scholarship and had the big punt return for the touchdown. I give, uh, I give Gavin the – what's the best way to put it? The Boyd Street cover magazine curse. I'm sorry about that, Gavin. You'll be fine in 24. But – I mean, is there a curse? Let's hope there's not. Boy, for a while there, I thought there might be. But you start, you start thinking about twenty-four. So you mentioned Robinson and Tatum. I'm assuming Caleb Hicks is going to be in that mix, right? He hasn't been in the portal or anything. I'm assuming Javante Barnes. Um, Emeka Megwa is a name that kind of lives in Sooner lore as somebody that. You know, came on campus, transferred in from Washington, and then, I mean, he stepped on the field maybe one or two times. What about Megwa? But he looks awesome in his uniform. And then you had Gavin Sawchuk. So you got – And the transfer from UT Martin. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Sam Franklin. Sam Franklin. So you've got, you've got dudes there still. It's just for me, I, I thought Tywee could have been something more. And we'll see. And, and maybe he's maybe it's as simple as he's got assurances from Wisconsin and Fickle and Longo that he's the guy. Right. And I don't know if there was any situation. I, he played in the bowl game, and he played. I mean, you had guys that were in the portal. Brent Venables, I think, made this kind of clear. He's like, hey, some of those guys are going to have an opportunity to do that. Some of them aren't. <laughs> some of those guys are going to want to do that. Some of them won't. But when I saw Ty Wee had signed with – or Ty Wee, excuse me, had signed with the Wisconsin, I was like, what? I was like, good enough there, and we can't find a spot for him here. But, again, you start thinking about that talent in that room. You know, it's it's going to be tough to crack. I mean, I we just mentioned it just in going through that list, right? Hicks, Caleb Hicks, Javante Barnes. Uh, we think of Mecca Megua. 
is gonna is healthy now and can be a part of it. Gavin Sawchuk, the two freshmen coming in. Tatum, Robinson. I mean, that's six guys right there. Still a lot of dudes in a running back room. <laughs> well, I'll put it to you like this. If Brent Venables and DeMarco Murray got this one right, that they're okay uh, minus Tommy Walker, we'll be in really good shape. That's right. Absolutely. Someone brought up Andy Bass. It, I hope Andy's a preferred walk-on, man. I really doubt he's going to see the field next year. And he's coming off an ACL injury. And I don't even know if they're going to use him as a running back. I think he might. I think he's got an opportunity. But, they, I mean, you talk about guys that were there last year that you probably have never heard of. You know, Chapman McCallan, Braylon Colgrove. I think that's about it. It's kind of the unknown running backs. Dude, one thing that we didn't talk about on the show on Thursday. No, Friday, I'm sorry. We haven't done a show since the Alamo Bowl show, have we? No. I think I forgot one of my favorite things. <laughs> I forgot one of my favorite things about the bowl games, Josh. And that is seeing a couple of guys in uniform that I've never seen before in my life that are out there running around from Oklahoma. And and before you're like, well, yeah, they had the freshmen. The freshmen that came in at semester don't get to suit up. All right, they they stand on the sidelines with with Gabe and I. <laughs> but I saw some dude running around uh, wearing number, I think it was 17. And it wasn't Taylor Heim. It wasn't the linebacker. But I had I had no idea who he was. I'm like, I don't. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of that guy in my life. Did you figure out who it was? Yeah, I finally did, but it, it was – I don't know. And it was just – there were several guys like that. I'm like, who is that dude wearing 20 over there? I've <laughs> well, never seen him before. Kind that's, of exciting. That's that's one of the coolest things about the bowl games. And then you kind of fall for him a little bit. You're like, oh, he looks pretty good. And then you never see him again. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What happened to that guy that I saw warming up that I thought looked pretty good? Who's he? Where'd he go? Um, I like a two quick text real quick. I, we're going long here, but what would the plank show be without taking a, a segment on sooner football a little long dink in Florida writes the running backs this off season are just like the worry about the unknown receivers last year. Hopefully we see the same results as we did with the receiving room. Oh, I, I'm with you. Well, and look, let's we had call those what questions it is. for the running back room last year too. It's going to be so dependent upon how much better can the offensive line get from what was not great versus Arizona to uh, let's hope that they're really good by the time we get this thing humming next year. Yeah, no question. I like this from Oklahoma Johnny. Is is Emeka Megwa a real person? I feel like he's a made-up character. Never (laughs) seen him on the football field. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We've had a couple of guys like that in Oklahoma football lore, right, that you hear so much about. And maybe they step on the field a couple of times, and then, poof, you never. I got a segment for us, right? The greatest Sooner football mysteries of all times. Guys that you heard about and maybe that you fell in love with, but then when it came time for them to kind of start performing, it's like, where did he go? What happened to him? Roy Finch. (laughs) Well, I mean, Roy did have a role, though, right? But everyone's like, oh, this depth chart is being put together to send Roy Finch a message. And then Dominique Whaley ended up being a dude until he broke his ankle. Yeah, I, uh, it's great. All right, quick break. It's uh, 1022. There is our daily, and I do mean daily update on what's going on in the portal. We'll hit it every single day at 10 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. And it is brought to you by Swiftco Roofing. Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Call 405-831-8222. 
Brent Swift, 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience, will come personally look at your roof and home, SwiftCoTeam.com. All right, it's Plank Show. When we come back to the text line right here on The Ref. <laughs> um, already got a couple of good submissions for great OU mysteries. Kendall writes, what happened to the days of getting running backs like A.D.? I mean, no, they just had like, pretty good uh, success with the running backs. They're doing pretty well with running backs. It's like a little two-year swoon that they've had. Ronnie Anderson was pretty damn good. I mean, could have, Trey Sermon before he, he, he was pretty good. That's that's going to be a great mystery year. Was that 2020? What year did he transfer? No, 2019. That 2019 season, whenever we were told that he was dinged up and things that he kind of went through, and the next thing you know, he's in the portal. Well, Had like one good game that season to Trey Sermon. And let's be fair about this. Adrian Peterson is arguably the greatest running back of all time. I mean, he's he's definitely within that conversation or or close to it. So that's a high bar. But to the point, I, I get the gist of it. Where's uh, Oklahoma's ability to go find Najee Harris more uh, on a regular basis? Where's right? our Where's our Josh Jacobs? Sure. Where's our Oh gosh, I can't NFL even. guys. I mean, it, has Oklahoma had a good enough run of NFL? running backs lately and I think it's it's a reasonable critique it's fair, it's fair. and no I don't eat black eyed peas I don't I'm on about a <laughs> 10 year streak of not eating black eyed peas on New Year's Day and I've never been more successful I, yeah you you <laughs> I have to say your luck has luck half not run out yet <laughs> um Right, right, but I always I am a big knock on wood guy. That's just never been the stay, uh, the same. Drew England, happy New Year, Drew. Good to hear from you. What if what, great mystery? What if Red Bomar never got kicked off the team? Yeah, okay. So that's a whole other line of of theories and summer conversations, right? That's the what if Wednesdays, Drew. Those start as soon as the softball season comes to a conclusion. <laughs> what if Wednesday? <laughs> um. Jeff from OKC, biggest news from the weekend. Billy, Billy, Billy popped the question to Jada. Sooner Nation rejoices. I, uh, Wes gets it. Wes gets it. How about Mo Dampier? Wasn't he supposed to be the best defensive lineman ever? Realtor Chris, oh, you mystery. How the hell was Book, uh, Buki a five star? <laughs> I think you meant Roy Williams. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so funny. You know, he's going to be like Roy Williams oh, out there. no. Basically, what you're going to have is, is as it's been told me, it's going to be 10 guys and then Buki out there making plays. Yeah, then OU, OU, too. Great point. How quickly we forget about P. Ryan and Mixon. Yeah, I know, right? Great point. I mean, Samaj is still out there playing. Anyways, at Denver right now. Samaj, he's their third down back, and he's making plays. And Joe Mixon's. A arguably a, a rock star in the league. So yeah, no, he's really good. It's funny. I mean, but that's, that's but we haven't we haven't had those ago? guys. Yeah, in eight years. <laughs> so it's like, what's going on? Where are they? I mean, that's that's a long time though in college football. Um, oh gosh, there it is. Sean Sean just hit the bat. Quincy Russell. Quincy Russell. That's the uh, stats likes to bring up that one. Quincy Russell. He was the defensive tackle that Oklahoma needed. Um. And, and then Chapstick. Seriously? AD, DeMarco Murray, Rodney Anderson, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, and others. We've produced some studs since AD. Oh, and then uh, Wes writes, Ramondre Stevenson. Boy, Ramondre Wes in the Cotton Bowl. That 
Boy, that running game in the Cotton Bowl going back, the 2020 Cotton Bowl seems like 20 years ago. And you think about the running game and that. I mean, Marcus Major couldn't be stopped. Ramondre was untouchable. Ugh. Okay, hold on here. You're getting a little bit off on the on the mysteries. This would be the what ifs uh, from Last Mohican, who writes, "Why why do we why did we kick to Tyreek Hill twice?" All right, this, okay, listen. You're getting into the what if Wednesdays. Don't get the confused to the men of mystery. All right, we got to make sure our bits are separated. Yeah, here, we've got right? we've got the uh, the repunt carved out for a June or July segment. Let's not waste it here. Play of the night, writes Cam. Ethan Downs throwing a horns down at midfield in a predominantly UT fan base at the game. He has the cojones the size of grapefruits. Of course, if you are as jacked as he is, you don't worry about someone messing with you. Yeah, you really don't have anything to fear, do you? He's He is one of the all-time glow-ups. Glow. We're literally from his first season of playing to when you saw him getting ready for his second season. It was like, Whoa, what happened to that dude? It's a new man. He's got like two necks now. Where did that come from? Cam adds that there's a chance Mark Andrews may be cleared for the playoffs for the Ravens. <sighs> That'd be pretty huge. They're pretty good with likely, though. I, I would also add. That I mean, catch he made was fabulous. I think we are starting to realize that sometimes it's not as easy to come back from these severe major injuries as we like to think. Just because Adrian Peterson came back in what, like, Five weeks from a torn ACL. Yeah. Okay. Anything with <laughs> anything with Adrian Peterson is automatically. I, you do not use that as a basis. I, I think we all. And, and I'm not saying I'm not saying you're guilty of this camp, but I think sometimes we forget it's still hard to come back from an injury. But that would be great. I, I that would be terrific to see for Mark Andrews. And obviously, if he's good to go, then yeah, it makes them all the more difficult to beat. Is it set? Oh, I, I'm I'm kicking myself that I don't have the Raiders got eliminated from the playoffs. Which again, they weren't going to go anywhere in the playoffs because they don't have an offense. Is Pierce going to get the job? If he doesn't, I might riot. Um, he he seems to have really galvanized that do, team. So, do you know for certain who you're playing yet, or is it's it, either Miami or Buffalo? Who whoever loses, I want you to play Miami, and I want you to kick the snot out of them. I want you to beat them by fifty. I've, I guess there's a scenario where Buffalo doesn't get in, though, so that can't be totally right. There's got, there must be another scenario where somebody else could be uh, maybe it's Indian, well, If you get Indianapolis, you'll smoke them. No offense, Toby, but I think you saw it. I'll tell you what, this Cleveland Browns thing that's going on right now is the most shocking thing I think I've ever seen. You pulled a guy off the couch, and he's literally just dominating right now. He's turned now. back the clock. Now, he had – didn't he just set the record for the most passing yards ever in the month of December or yeah. close to? Yeah, yeah. That's it, amazing. I mean, he went from not playing a majority of the season to probably winning comeback player of the year. <laughs> Are they a serious factor in I, the AFC? But see, I don't think so, man. I I, I feel, know, and that's so unfair to them because they're playing great I just, football. At some point, the clock strikes midnight, right? At some point, it's like, okay, dude, that's Joe Flacco at quarterback. Dude, you got to admit, it would be an amazing story if he leads them to the Super Bowl. As it stands right now, your first-round matchups would be Dolphins, Colts, Chiefs, Bills, then Jaguars, Browns. And I have no doubt in my mind that the Browns would beat the Jaguars, <laughs> which is terrible. Meanwhile, in the NFC, I mean, the, the the Cowboys are sitting there as the two seed right now. Yeah, I don't know what to make uh, 
out of the NFC other than I think San Francisco, like everybody else, is really good. I think – I'll tell you what I do think. I think Dallas, it's it's all or nothing. I think they're going to the Super Bowl, or I think they're out in the first round. It's like I can't figure it out. One or the other is going to happen. They're either going to the Super Bowl or they're going to get beat by the seventh seed. I'm still not selling on Philly. I probably should, but uh, I just – I feel like they're going to find a way to be good in the playoffs. You know what's kind of funny is I have a – uh, a folder. I brought the MacBook today because I was taking it on the road with me, and I got a folder of old clips from the show. And I found a folder, and I found a clip from a month ago where Steve Young was calling the Eagles frauds, and David Carr said Marcus Mariota should be playing quarterback for him. It's like, huh? I think I'll hold on to those two for another week. <laughs> Justina Anderson tweeted something yesterday. I don't know whether to take everything she says as as gospel or not. But she said, heard of a surprise firing coming in the NFC East. I'm like, well, I mean, first of all, Ron Rivera's out. But Sirianni's not getting fired. McCarthy's not getting fired. And I don't think they're going to move on from Dable one year after he won Coach of the Year and won a playoff game. Well, So that, I mean, unless Sirianni's getting booted, that would be the only surprise. Or they're trading for Belichick. Or they're trading for Belichick. That would be a surprise. He can go uh, back where it uh, began, right, except the uh, opposite team. Yeah, very true. Very true. Hey, when we come back, instead of going to the Jets, you go to the Giants. Let me some. This time he stays? The 405 just sent in a great tweet, uh, great text. And I want to get into it next because as we circle back to college football and the four-team playoff from last night, I can't stop – thinking enough about this mistake that Texas made last night. And we'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. So, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, I love this from the 405, and I and I haven't quite figured it out myself yet. He writes, Texas gave up on the run. They were running right through Washington, and they simply gave up on it. Yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing. Now, you, you fell behind, so maybe there was that that more what kind of a sense of urgency, right, to where, hey, we, we got to get things going here. We got we to gotta move the ball up and down the field. We can't have this. We can't have this, Josh. But I, I really was – I'm not like – I'm not disappointed, but I was just – I was kind of surprised by – how quickly Texas seemed to tap out on the run last night. They ran for 6.4 a pop. I know. It's crazy, right? Let's see what their third quarter I was just, drives look like. Now that you're saying that, I was just trying to pull up the um, the stat cast. Well, they fumbled. Dude, that was a moment where I'm not going to lie. Someone said, someone put on Twitter where I pretty much lived, Texas blinked, and I felt that. It was like, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Texas blinked, and Washington was right there to take a take advantage of it. Yeah, see, it's it's just a team that really seemed to go away from it. Well, they actually on the second drive came came back and ran a couple of times with uh, yeah with blue, mm-hmm. and, and then they then they threw it several times. So they didn't totally abandon so it. So here's here's the overall stats: eighteen carries for one hundred sixteen yards, six point four yards per carry in the first half. In the second half, just 10 carries. And 
it's kind of wild because they only ran the ball. How many how many series did they get in the third quarter, Josh? I think two. Um, three carries, but for 9.7 yards in the third quarter. Now you coughed one of them up. Right. Oh, exactly. And then ran the ball just seven times in the fourth quarter. But at that point, you're down, you know, a couple of scores, and you got to get on get on your giddy up a little bit. Ten carries in the first quarter, sixty three yards. Eight carries in the second quarter, fifty three yards. I mean, that's pretty unbelievable, man. Uh, to see how much success that you're having. But I got to be honest with you, man. It's it's one of those situations. It's one of those situations that the game dictates certain things. Now, I heard the sideline report. I don't remember which one it was. It was Molly McGrath. She said something that just absolutely blew my mind. And in the NFL, you have, what, the first, like, the scripts in the NFL are, like, what, maybe the first 10 to 15 plays? Uh-huh. She said Sark scripts, like, the first 30 plays of the game? I mean – does, I mean, he's got to adjust a little bit, though. right? There, and and I and again, I've never been a, a starting quarterback for Steve Sarkeesian. I know that might surprise some of you, right? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know how you can do that. <laughs> I, mean, I really don't. Not, I mean, you wouldn't think successfully because if something's not working and you've got it scripted out, then probably you need to deviate from that. Um, Sioux City Sooner. Texas did exactly what OU does consistently and yearly, which is run for runs of 20 yards and then throw it 30 straight times. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Alabama was guilty of that. Now, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just going off with my naked eye. I saw... It seemed like they would have some success running the football, and that's part of me. I'm, I watch Jace McClellan. I'm like, and he was injured. He looked great, but they would run the ball, and they're like, "All right, Jalen Milrow, let's do exactly what you're not made to do. Let's they have you drop back and pass." Threw 23 times with Milrow. <laughs> they run. They ran it a lot, right? They ran it 43 times. Uh huh. So they ran it a lot. Now, 21 of those were Milrow. But I just – I thought that they could have got Clellan the ball a little bit more. Hey, they brought in Justice Haynes, and he was running the ball a little – he looked good too. How uh, unsurprised were you oh. were they that they ran it with Milrow on that fourth and, and – uh, Shocked. Fourth and goal away. play. By the way, uh, both Sooner Pops and uh, Oklahoma Johnny quickly correct me. It wasn't the first, like, 20 to 30 plays. The first 40 plays is what she said. I mean, that's half of the game. How can you script half the game? Now, I don't know if there's, like, trees that come out of that or branches where you're like, okay, well, this happens, this happens. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, that, that would be interesting to learn more about. And now I wonder how much he's going to tell anyone. Now I wonder if it's like, oh yeah, we're not gonna be, we're not gonna be talking about that anymore. All right, um, I thought it was the great mistake that was made from Texas, and the numbers show that they had some, and maybe even for Alabama, Alabama ran the ball more, but from the same perspective, 
they didn't run it as creatively or traditionally as I thought they could or should. Texas just – it was almost as if they couldn't wait to get back to passing. It's like, we got to throw the ball here, man. We're having success running it. Let's throw it. All right, we got a break. Uh, when we come back, ooh, it looks like Oklahoma has added a, a preferred walk-on. Don't know much about this kid. We'll learn about – what's his name? Uh, Jose Malaska? Does that seem right to you? What's his name? Yes. The Malaska kid. We'll talk about him next right here on The Ref. Back with you, closing up hour number two. It's the Plank Show. Hope everybody had a very happy new year. We certainly did right here on the Ref Radio Network. It's the home of Sooner fans. Hour number two, proudly presented by Allison Insurance. Give Bob and Robert Allison a call where they can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance has been helping you and your family for over 60 years. 405-745-2968. Online, allisoninsurance.com. So the uh, preferred walk-on mm-hmm. uh, offer that went out, Joc- Jocelyn Malaska huh. out of uh, Bethany, Oklahoma. So this would be an in-stater that uh, has played a little bit, primarily on special teams, though, for uh, Utah. Six foot one, 178. Was a three-star recruit out of Bethany and uh, regarded as the number 13 prospect out of Ho- Oklahoma per 24-7 sports in his signing class. Huh. How about that? Um, Boy, Oklahoma's really doing some interesting things in the preferred walk-on world, aren't they? Sure. I mean, there is, there is players from area high schools, the Andy Basses of the world that you you think, oh man, they got a chance to be pretty good, and just give you a chance to develop. And hey, maybe they develop into a guy like um, Tawi Walker that finds a home somewhere else. But this this is interesting from another school to come back home. Well, like you said, didn't play a ton. Um, Good size. Five games primarily on special teams. <laughs> I, I try to pull up his stats. There are no statistics available for this player. Yeah, I mean, five games and played on special teams. I mean, that's that's what this is. But uh, somebody that maybe in time could help you in the defensive backfield. Or, look, uh, I know we're looking for that next uh, starting cornerback or rotational defensive back, but – it's not the worst thing to add a little special teams help. Yeah, no, not at all. So, welcome aboard. We'll be curious to see what more we learn throughout time about Jocelyn Malaska. A um, couple of texts on the conversation about scripting plays. Our buddy Drew England writes, As a high school offensive coordinator, I usually script out my first 10 plays, and I rarely stick to my script because of adjustments. The first 30 plays is just wild. Uh, from the 909. She also added on that update 40 plays for a number of different scenarios. That's that's crazy. So is this just something Sark tells people to try and impress them? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. That's a what's really going good on question. With this? It's a really good question. <laughs> like how much how much you surely you don't stick to the script that religiously. I can't imagine you would. Do you know what we haven't talked about today that I really wanted to get into, Josh? Um, Kirby Smart's little mini rant on Sunday. All right, Saturday. Like I, I totally missed it. What was uh, what did he get upset know, I, about? I'm going to pull up the audio, and we're going to hit in the top five stories of the day. 
it was basically what I've been pining for, what we've been talking about is, hey, something's got to change. And I don't know what it's going to look like with the playoffs, but there was a lot of that in the lead up to uh, the Citrus Bowl, too. It's like the the pregame press conference between Kirk Ferentz and Josh Heupel, I would say 75% of it was about the transfer portal, name, image, likeness. So that has been a, a theme across college football. I will say a lot of people are telling on themselves that they don't understand the uh, semesters at, in, in colleges because I don't you, – you can't have the portal not open until the end of bowl season because it's just – it doesn't work with the academic calendar. Unless you're going to get colleges to change their academic calendars for the sake of the portal, and I just don't think that's going to happen, Josh. You don't think we can con- convince the academia to let athletes have two extra weeks? Can we uh, Can we have the academic side of it push back the start of semesters a little bit? I don't think that's going to be the real world. But I will say I I'm glad this conversation is being had. Everyone is like, Dan Orlovsky has the best idea ever. He said you shouldn't open the portal until after the bowl games. So, I, like, school doesn't matter anymore? <laughs> no, I mean, just, it does not. Hey, I, it's so funny. It's like, yes, we've all been saying this would be a great idea, but, I mean, I know you didn't come to college to learn no school, but still, it's a part of your eligibility. It's a part of why you're doing what you're doing. At least for now. At it least, remains. At least for now. All right. Well, I can't believe this show's flown by like it has. We got our top five stories today next.